You are listening to the Long Hollow Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry at Long Hollow Church, located in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If you are interested in learning more about us or looking to attend one of our gatherings, you can follow us on Instagram at LHYoungAdults or visit longhollow.com for more information. And now, a message from our Young Adults Pastor, Dylan Young. What's going on, young adults? How are we? Is everybody, that was half-hearted. Thank you, Joey. Is anybody enjoying Christmas? What about, were y'all at LH Christmas? Yes. I was so like sad for y'all when I asked last time who all had been to LH Christmas and there were like four of you. But now, hopefully many more of you experienced it. I hope you enjoyed that this past weekend. And thank y'all for serving. I saw so many of you there um, volunteering throughout the weekend. That was really cool to see. Uh, Hey, as y'all get settled in for the night, obviously things look a little bit different tonight, and uh, I want to talk to you just thinking through this Christmas season, thinking about some of the names of Jesus that uh, even Pastor Robbie mentioned a couple of Sundays ago that we see in Isaiah chapter 9. I want to focus in on just the idea of peace. Um, I I wonder if any of you maybe wish you felt a little more peace at the moment right now. Uh, I, I I would guess a few hands would go up if I were to ask that question, but... Um, you hear the idea of just peace on earth, right? That's, that's the phrase that comes up at Christmas time is peace on earth. You hear it in scriptures, that peace on earth, goodwill to men. You hear it in Christmas songs, uh, peace on earth, uh, and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. You see that phrase all over the place. Maybe you have neighbors that are like my dad who like to like create his own Christmas decorations and they've got like the word peace in all caps in their yard lighting the neighborhood. Does anybody else's dad make their own Christmas decoration. Just my dad. That'll be cool for him to hear whenever he listens to the podcast later. Uh, hey, welcome college people back. It's so good to see some of you guys. Um, hopefully you've been able to keep up a little bit. But um, thinking about peace as we go throughout the night, at our last gathering, we talked about the names of several people within Jesus's bloodline, within his genealogy. And kind of the direction the Lord led me tonight was, again, to look at names, but uh, the names of Jesus himself. So um, when we talk about peace, we think of Jesus being called the Prince of Peace, right? Um, And we think so much this time of year of when Jesus comes, he's supposed to bring peace to the earth. And when he was born on Christmas. And in Isaiah 9, what Isaiah is doing, he's talking to the people of God And at the time, they're in turmoil, like things are not going well. And he's trying to tell them, hey, look, one day there's a king coming, and this is what he's going to be like. And that's where we get to in Isaiah chapter 9. In verse 6, he gives the people these different names of Jesus. So here are the four names that he gives him. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Let me pray for us as we begin. Father, I pray that you would make especially that name, Prince of Peace, known to us tonight. I pray that no matter what everybody has walked into the room with tonight, that they might leave feeling peace because they leave feeling closer to you. They leave sensing your presence And they leave feeling like you are with them, God. That's what we pray that you would do in us tonight. Lord, would you use your word to speak to us? And God, we ask you to do all these things in your holy name. Amen. 
Amen. So probably a lot of you might know the word that is used for peace a lot of the times in the Old Testament. That's shalom. You've probably heard that one before somewhere along the way. It's used 140 times in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's the word erene. It's used 64 times. So there's a lot of peace talk going on in Scripture. And, and those two words carry with them the idea of harmony within relationships, um, harmony especially um, after times of war. That, that's the idea that it comes with. So it's this time of rest, a time of peace, a time of uh, harmony. That's the idea that comes along with Jesus being the Prince of Peace too. Now, with a name like Prince of Peace, you would think he shows up on the scene. He's born on that first Christmas day, and man, everything settles down. And that's not what happens at all, is it? I don't know about you, but I look around the world today, and I don't exactly see peace. I see a lot of conflict and just honestly not being nice to people. Like nobody likes each other. It feels like we're everything's so polarized. And we don't look out at the world and typically think peace right now in 2022. So it begs the question, what happened? Like, did Jesus fail in this quest for peace? Is he not living up to the name Prince of Peace? What, what's going on in that situation? Why is there not the kind of peace that we would think there would be? It must be a different kind of peace than we were expecting. That must be the case with Jesus' name because peace only, what we're going to learn tonight, peace only comes through his presence. That's where it comes from. That's where world peace one day will come from. That's where personal peace for you right now comes from. It comes from his presence. And I, and I hope tonight to maybe stretch you a little bit on what you think when you think of the presence of God. Maybe make it a little bit more real to you. Like thinking about sometimes the idea of God, right, can feel distant or abstract or just this out there idea. But I hope tonight that you'll be open to the idea that like God is real. Like this is a real thing we're talking about. He's a real God and he is a real presence in your life. It's not a movie or a fairy tale or anything like that. This is a real God who wants to bring you peace. And I hope you'll be open to stretching your mind on that a little bit tonight. And as we think about peace for us today, I think we can think about it in two different ways. Like, how do we get peace in the moment? How do I get peace tomorrow when I wake up and start my day? How does that happen? I think it can happen in two ways. This isn't uh, exhaustive, but it can happen in these two ways. And the first would be just thinking about future peace, thinking about our future peace that will be on this earth one day. So if we're, if we're mindful of that, if we're mindful of the fact that in the end, God wins. Like we, we've got the end of the story in his word and we know that we win, right? So anything that's going on in life right now, no matter what our situation is, we can always look to that future peace that Jesus will bring when he comes back, when he brings a new heaven and a new earth. And we can find peace in the moment, knowing that in the future, all this is going to be okay. We can find present peace thinking about the future peace. Because like I said, uh, peace only comes through being mindful of God's presence. Like if I, if I know the end result, I can be okay right now, even in the middle of struggle. So um, thinking about that present peace, that's something that we all want. That's probably when you think of peace, I doubt you're thinking of world peace uh, at, at, the, at your first thought when you think about peace. You're probably thinking more of 
peace within myself. Like, how can I settle down? How can I, when something stressful happens, how does peace come about? How does Jesus show himself as my prince of peace in those moments? Because it can feel kind of hard to come by at times. And I would have you think about a situation where I would guess most of you feel a sense of peace. And that place is your parents' house. Some of you have come home from college and you're back at your parents' house right now. Some of you are going to travel to see your parents over the holidays. I know for me, that's a place of peace. And I, I feel like things are taken care of for me, like mom's cooking for me again. At least I felt that way in, in college. Now we're helping with things and we're chasing kids around. Uh, but when you, when you go home to your parents' house, mom's cooking for you. Everything's taken care of. You're back at your favorite spot on the couch. Mom's doing your laundry. That was what I was most excited about when I went home. Like, there's a sense of uh, peace, a wave of peace that comes over you when you walk through the door of your parents' house. That may not be the case for all of you, but I guess that is the case for a lot of you. Um, and what I would encourage you with is just to be mindful of the fact that that happens because you're with your parents. It's not because you walked into that house. It's not because of the situations of life. It's because of who you're with. It's because you're there with them. That's one experience of peace. But what did peace look like within the Christmas story? So what does it look like for Mary and Joseph to have peace in the midst of a crazy situation that they find themselves in? Um, they're perfect examples of living in peace despite circumstances, right? And so something happens to them. They, they don't start that way. That's what we're going to see in their story. They don't start that way. They're just like, okay, sounds great. We'll go down this path. Um, they don't start that way, but then something happens to them along the way. And that's what I want you to pay attention to as we look at a few of these examples. What happens to them that causes them to start walking in peace? They're restless for a time, but then we see them walking in more peace. So what is it that happens that causes that peace to come over them? So Mary's situation, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it to you. But in Luke 1, we find uh, a, a lot more details of Mary's side of the story. Verse 34 of chapter 1 says this, Mary asked the angel, the angels told her, like, you're going to be with child, he's going to be the Messiah. And she's like, what? This makes no sense. This is not the plan. Not on the radar at all for anybody, right? So Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So there's this presence of God that's going to envelop her in a sense, right? The, the Most High will overshadow you. Then we see kind of a switch in how she's talking in verse 38. After the angels told her these things, she says, see, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you've said. That feels different than the questioning that she had to begin with. And we're not faulting her for the questioning, but this is a different mindset she's in all of a sudden. She says, okay, whatever God says, let's roll with it. Joseph's side of the story. We see details more of him in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Joseph has heard of this plan from Mary. He's really struggling to believe her that she hasn't had an affair and that's why she's pregnant understandably again. So this is what he's wrestling with. And he's trying to decide how to handle the situation. Not a lot of peace happening right there. I don't know about you, but that, that is not how I would be feeling in that moment. So Matthew 1 verse 19. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace Mary publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. 
But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. There's this dream that happens that the angel comforts him, tells him this is from God. And in verse 24, here's what Joseph wakes up to do. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. So he's real restless. And all of a sudden he wakes up from this encounter with God's messenger. And all of a sudden he says, okay, I'll walk in this. Another example from the same story, the shepherds, right? They're just out in the field, minding their own business. They have no clue anything's happening with the Messiah of the world. And all of a sudden they're in the field and there's an angel there, right? Like that's, that's a shocking situation. Understandably, in Luke 2, verse 9, here's the reaction they have to begin with. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord, Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, as we probably all would be. They were terrified. Verse 13, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and returned to, the heaven, to heaven, Here's what the shepherds do. The shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem. So they start off terrified and all of a sudden they're walking in what God's called them to do. There's a common thread in all three of those stories, right? And I think you can probably pick it out. All of these people in there wrestling, in their questioning, in their fear that they felt, all of a sudden they were in God's presence and they leave that moment walking in peace. They encounter God, they are in God's presence, and that presence brings them peace. That's the idea I want you to keep walking with throughout the rest of the night. We see the same formula in all three of those scenarios, but you can push back on this, right? But Dylan, like, I've never had an angel visit me. All three of these were like God sending actual messengers to visit them, right? Of course they're gonna walk in peace afterwards. Well, if we read the rest of the New Testament, we keep seeing this idea of peace and being in God's presence tied together, that they go hand in hand. And there's not always these miraculous situations like we're talking about. Like we're not off the hook for experiencing peace because, well, I've never had an angel visit me. That, that's not how God operates, right? And we'll see in a second, his presence keeps getting better for us. But just a couple of examples from the New Testament. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Be satisfied with what you have. So contentment, contentment is a form of peace. Be satisfied with what you have for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. So God's saying, have peace about what I have. Experience peace because I'm with you and I'm never gonna leave you. That's the reason. It's not because of all the things you have. It's not anything like that. It's because God's with you. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and every way. The Lord be with all of you. Over and over again, y'all, we see peace and being with God tied together. You're not gonna find them. Uh, they're, not, they're not exclusive things. You're gonna have peace when you're in the presence of God. Even in 2022, a long time from when Jesus was born, from when this story is taking place a long time from then. In 2022, peace still comes through God's presence. Long ago, the presence of God was in the tabernacle, right? He dwelled in the middle of the people as they traveled around. The people could see his presence, they could sense it, but they were never really with him, right? They, they saw him in the cloud, they saw him in the fire, but they, never, they can't touch him, right? They can't get that close to him. 
His presence gets better. All of a sudden, he's in the temple. They, they move forward. They build a temple for God. God dwells in the Holy of Holies. The, the high priest is able to go into the Holy of Holies once a year. The people are praising God outside of there. Again, cool presence of God, but the presence gets better. The first Christmas day, Jesus is born, and all of a sudden, we have God on the scene dwelling among us in human form. The presence has gotten way better, y'all. All of a sudden, we have Jesus walking and living among us, we have God to watch how he lives, to see how he prays. We can watch every move he makes and understand what, who God is and what he's like. But Jesus' words, not mine, the presence gets better. He says he's got to leave so that the helper can come to you, right? When Jesus leaves, the presence gets better because now we have his word and we have his Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We have his presence with us at all times. We have access to that peace that we're talking about at all times. If we'll just be mindful of him, if we will let him bring that peace to us. John 14, 27, this is what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. That brings the disciples to a moment of decision, like, do I believe Jesus? Like, do I believe that he's actually leaving us with peace? Or like, when Jesus leaves the scene, is this a terrible thing? It leaves us with the same question, do I believe that Jesus and his Holy Spirit actually live within me and that I can have peace because of it? No matter what situation I find myself in, no matter how stressful the semester has been, no matter how stressful my job may feel, no matter what my relationships with my friends or my parents are like, can I actually experience peace in all of those things? Jesus would say, the answer is yes. He's waiting on you to invite him into that space. Um, now, as we finish our time here, um, I want to speak directly to a certain crowd that's probably in the room. Um, I know for a lot of you, this has probably been a really good year. Now, this is, this is a crazy time of life you're in, right? I remember it like it was yesterday. It wasn't that long ago. Um, you're in college. You're in, starting a job. You're, you're trying to find who you're going to marry. Like, there are all kinds of decisions to make. There are all different places that you could feel a lack of peace, that you may be tempted to feel that way. I felt a lot of them myself today. There are all different places that you could get off kilter, that, you could, that you're tempted to not feel that peace rise to feel wrecked. Even like this verse just said, to feel troubled or fearful. But again, peace comes through Jesus' presence. Um, now, like I said, I know this has been a good year for a lot of you, but I also know this has probably been a hard year for some of you. Um, I know maybe some of you have experienced loss this year or maybe in recent years past. And um, I want to just say to you, for one, I hurt with you. I hurt for you. Um, I know what it feels like. I've seen it up close and personal uh, through our household, through friends' lives. And I, I know it doesn't go away. Um, I, know it, I know it hurts all the time. I know it hurts more at the holidays. Um, I don't know all of your situations, but I know, I know some of you hurt this time of year. And it can feel like peace is distant and unattainable. And, and I get it. I get it that it feels that way. Um, but I also want to encourage and bring you back to that idea of the peace maybe that you feel walking into your parents' house 
Um, when, you, when you walk into that place, that peace you feel, whatever that situation may be for you, wherever you feel that peace, you don't feel that peace because all of a sudden, all of the details of your life are ironed out. That, that's not why you feel that peace. You feel that peace because of who you're with. You feel that because you're with your family. And I would encourage you the same way in your spiritual life, if you're ever going to feel that peace in your inner being, within your soul, it's not going to be because all the situations of life have ironed themselves out. That's never going to happen. It's going to be because you spend time in the presence of Jesus. You have to make the time to do it or you're never going to experience that. And I want to invite you into that tonight. So... As the, as the band comes to play, um, I want to give you a moment just to reflect on that. And, and I want to ask you a couple of questions uh, that you can keep thinking through as we sing. Here, the first question is this. I want you to just ask God, show me places, and maybe you know it right off the bat, but show me places where I'm not experiencing peace right now. Like, Jesus, I know you're the Prince of Peace. I believe that. I see it in your word. I believe you're the Prince of Peace the moment that you came and in eternity past, but I'm not experiencing peace in this particular area right now. Ask God to point that out to you. And I also want you to ask God to show you how do I need to experience God's presence? What is it that I need to do to be more in tune with God? Is it, uh, I just need to get into the word. I need to spend some actual time with him in his word and in praying. Is it I need to surround myself with people who are also following God, just, I want you to take a moment and and ask God those two questions. I promise he'll give you an answer if you'll genuinely ask those things. Where am I not experiencing peace? And God, what do I need to do to experience that peace in my life, to draw close to your presence? So let let me pray over you and pray those things for you. And then I want you to ask God yourself. Lord, as we bow before you right now, we believe you that you are the Prince of Peace. God, I'm praying that you might overwhelm the room right now, even with your presence and and the peace that comes along with that. Lord, as we try to tune our hearts to yours, um, would you show us the places where we're restless or we don't feel that peace? Maybe if they're deep down and we don't even realize they're there, but they're, they're affecting our life, Lord. Would you show us those places? And God, would you make it clear the steps that we need to take to be more in your presence? God, we know that better is one day in your courts, one day is better in your presence than thousands elsewhere. And I pray that when this group spends time with you, when they try to draw near to you, that you would be faithful to your word when it tells us that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us, God. And I pray that you would do that for these people in this room, even right now. Lord, would you speak to us? Would you, would you fill the room with your presence and would you fill it with peace? Would you give us peace throughout this Christmas season, God? We love you. We trust you. We pray all these things in your holy name.